as I have said many times, and I was going to say this not knowing that Pastor would even be in the auditorium, I do not miss. I, I, may, I may physically miss because of where I am traveling, but I do not miss the words that goes forth over this pulpit. And the last, uh, the last few weeks, we, uh, we really need to be praying uh, extra for our pastor because it's not easy for him. If you look back at the last three weeks or so, boy, uh, God is leading this church into depth, depth. And I, I just thank God that, I just thank God that we, that we have a pastor that will lead into depth. And those are, those are not easy. Those are, those are not uh, easy messages at all to, to receive, to live, to, to give. And uh, I just thank God. I, I thank God for it. I could go on and on there, uh, and it would all be very true. I'm just thanking God for what he's doing at New Life. And I am just beyond excited to be a part of it. I'm so thankful to be a part of it. I was talking to a, uh, a minister that I was ministering for the other day, and, and he's, we were talking, and, he, and we had never, uh, the first time I met him and had a conversation was Saturday night when we met at a restaurant, and I was going to be ministering Sunday and, and doing leadership training Sunday evening. And so we were kind of getting to know, you know, each other. He knew of me. I knew of him. And it was just the Spirit had worked it out for me to be there just two weeks ago. And so it was one of those quick things. And so he got around to look at me. He goes, now, how did you end up in, in Terre Haute? And I said, you want the short version or the long one? He said, well, we'll start with the short one. I said, God. And then, and then we went on with the long version. Well, we're not here to talk about that tonight. We're here to talk about growing through prosperity. Growing through prosperity. Now, when I said the word prosperity... For those of you that breathed in your mind and said, I'm not prosperous, so I'll think about the rest of the week. Uh, I need you to come back in, and let's, let's break this down. This is one thing that I know, age is automatic, growth is not. Age is automatic, and growth is not. Um... I'm beginning to think that weight is automatic, but for 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 some people, uh, for some people, I don't see that they're having that same east and west struggle. Uh, but for those of us, uh, I need to add here: there is something that I'm beginning to think that is automatic, other than age. But age is automatic; growth is not. Let's talk about about growth for a moment. Growth uh, could be sp- spoken of in, in many ways. We could talk about uh, health and education and relationships and careers and, and more. But when I'm speaking tonight about growth in this context, we're speaking of growth in our relationship with God. Growth in our relationship with God. Growth in the character of God more of God's character showing through us. We've talked a few times about justification, sanctification, and glorification. 
Uh, if we've been born again, we've been justified one day. Uh, if, if we're sanctified in the manner that we need to be, we'll be glorified. We'll have a glorified body. We're in this sanctification part of our life where each day we're seeking to be more like him and growing in that manner. So we're seeking to grow in the character of God, and if we want to just bring it down to everyday language, we're seeking to grow in the ways of God. So we're speaking about spiritual growth. So now let's consider spiritual growth gauges. Let's, let's talk about the growth dashboard. Um, a very good place to start is Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I'm sorry I did not have a handout for you um, tonight, but hopefully you can make these notes, uh, at least the scriptures. Galatians 5, 22, 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, Against such there is no law. And so I personally feel like that the fruit of the Spirit is a great place to gauge growth. I'm going to deal, give you a few more ideas, but that is a good one. This is what we must avoid. We must avoid being the kind of people that the longer we're in the kingdom of God, the less fruit of the Spirit we show or we bear. The truth is, the longer that, that we are in the kingdom of God, the longer that we've been uh, born again, our love should grow. We, we should be a more loving person. We should have more joy. You say, well, you know, joy's a tough one. Well, I mean, if we're going to look in the natural, they're all tough. Because our, our flesh fights against all of this. When we're speaking of peace, when we're speaking of long-suffering, long-suffering, gentleness. I, I should be more gentle. You say, but you're a man. This, this is speaking about men and women. This is speaking about all of us. I should be more gentle now than I was five years ago, than I was last month. You say, man, you're making it tough. Well, we're speaking about, about true growth. When we talk about meekness, now, now meekness does not mean weakness. It, it, that does not mean weakness. Uh, oh, I just went blank. The, the meekest man. Help me out. Moses. Yeah. Moses. Moses was not weak. Moses was not weak at all. And so we, we look at this, and then, and then that, big, that big one, temperance. Ah, that's a tough one. I got more whippings growing up for my temper. I've probably shared that story before. Um, I could fly. You, you know, I had a, I had a Ferrari emotion. That zero to 60, just that fast. Man, a kid called me fat, so it was over. I mean, it was on. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter what my oldest brother, 
I don't know if I ever told this story or not, and I'm going to have to get back on this thing. Mother came home one day, and, uh, and she got out, and I was standing at the bottom of a tree with a brick in one hand, a board in another, crying. And she's like, Terry, what's going on? And then she heard voices from up in the tree. Mother, get him out of here. My oldest brother and his friend, they, they had fooled with me once too much. And it was bricks, it was boards, it, it didn't matter to me. And so we've, we've had to work on that. I am happy to say that in the last few years, I have not run anybody up a tree with a board or a brick. So see... I'm teaching tonight with integrity. But the fruit of the Spirit is a great place to, to, gauge, to gauge growth. And this kind of growth, will, uh, it'll take being intentional, very intentional. We're, we are not just going to automatically grow in, in these areas. Ephesians 4.15 is another great gauge for growth. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. I believe from this scripture that, that if we're really going to grow, we will know it by we will be speaking the truth, but in love. Well, somebody's got to tell them. Well, now hang on a second. You know, but... But it's the truth, and they just got to deal with it. And so I told them. Great. It's kind of like that one person I told that was giving me a lot of trouble. It was a leader that was giving me a lot of trouble. And, and well, you just need to know the truth, Pastor Terry, was what he told me. And I said, hey, you know, I, I can deal with the truth. I said, I'm man enough to deal with the truth. Just don't put it on the end of a spear and run it through me. We, we, can, we can talk about, about truth, and it's speaking the truth in love. In love. There's a lot of truth that's hard, right? There's a lot of truth that's hard. I mean, in, even in our, in our marriage, my goodness, you know, Melly and I, we have finally learned to, uh, you know, speak the truth to each other in areas where we've needed the truth. In love, it, it took a while for us to get there. I mean, you know, we would kind of come in and out of it. There would be times we'd do it in love, and there would be other times that we'd just do it. And, and boy, that's not good. That's not good. Now, I know that, you know, you were all, uh, you've all had new life teaching for years and years, and, and we didn't. And so you've, you've probably got all that worked out, but we've had some bad days in our house. <sighs> Better get back to the notes. Growth demands speaking the truth in love. Here's, here's another, here's another uh, dashboard gauge. 2 Peter 1, 5 through 8. Really, this is a wonderful growth pattern if we would study it out. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. See how this is just building? And to knowledge temperance. There's that word again. And to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness, and to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, abound definitely speaks of growth. If these things be in you and abound, 
they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's a great gauge. 2 Peter 3 and 18 is the last gauge I will deal with. But grow in grace, grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to him be glory both now and forever. Amen. So I believe that 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 gives us kind of a good idea of a growth dashboard. There's more, the Ten Commandments. There's there's many, but let's we just kind of need to wait in here and get a few of these. Now, watch your dashboard. I did something. Um, I did something a couple of days ago that I never do. And I'm out on the interstate driving. I drove uh, last week. I drove from here to Memphis, and then Monday got up and drove over to Arkansas to spend a day with my mother, and then and then got up early yesterday morning, drove from from uh, Conway back to back home. And uh, so a lot, a lot of time on the road. Well, I let the gas gauge get way low on the interstate. Man, I never do that. It was down, it was like down to 21 miles, and I'm on the interstate, and I'm on a stretch where, you know, it's like, where is a gas station when you need it type thing? And man, when I saw that love's sign, you know, because they're real, they're like real tall, and they got that heart, oh, I just, I cannot tell you how good I felt. I had ignored a gauge, and what, what we need to do, if we're, we're, we're talking about growing, we're, we're going to have to set some of these scriptures as gauges and, and keep our eyes on it. So now let's talk about prosperity. Now, prosperity in this context is speaking of wealth and affluence. And so money is at the heart of this, all right? It's, it's at the heart in the context of what I'm speaking uh, tonight. Bishop Jerry Dean, he pastors in Bossier City, Louisiana, and I, and he loved the man. He just has such a tremendous ministry, and I, so I listened to a lot of his messages through the years, and he kept talking about redemptive lift, redemptive lift, and so I was talking to him one time. I said, well, you know, Brother Dean, redemptive lift, you know, lay it on me. What, what do you, what do you think? And he said, well, he said, there is a lifting that happens when somebody is redeemed. He said, it's not, it's not, you know, just in their attitude. He said, but you take somebody that's smoking one pack of cigarettes a day and you do the math or somebody that's smoking two packs or somebody that's gambling or somebody that's going to the casinos or, you know, drinking alcohol or whatever. And he walked through that there could be many things. He, he said, you, you, take, you just redirect that amount of money in, in somebody's life. And there can be, because of redemption, there can be a lift. Well, then when you start getting into, you know, to other things and you not only quit draining with, with that type of activity in your life, but then you step into God's economy. Well, now you're, you know, now redemption is even lifting even higher. 
when you when you start with with just your basic tithes and and offerings. I think some people um, at the church that I was at, I think some of them almost fainted one Sunday morning whenever I was talking about the offering and talking about paying tithes. And I said, look, we're here to help you. I said, so any of you that you just can't pay your tithes because of the amount, it's just too much. For what you're making, you just, you can't pay that. I said, we don't want you to be lost. I said, so what we're going to pray is that God will bless you down to what to whatever level you are choose the level that you're comfortable with that that you can pay cuz we're here to help you we're we're not here to to hurt you we're here to help you to to be ready and so we can pray that God will bless people up and man that same prayer can we can pray that God will bless people down to where we're right spiritually Next point. When, when, we're, when we're talking about prosperity, prosperity differs. It absolutely does. Prosperity is not a one-size-fits-all. And if we, if we live in America, if, if we have a dwelling with electricity, then, then we have a baseline of prosperity if we're looking worldwide. So let's, let's get real. Let's, let's get real with where we really are. If literally, if we have a dwelling, whether we own it, renting it, leasing it, borrowed, if we have a dwelling and it has electricity, I promise you that electricity is a worldwide sign of prosperity. It is. Well, there's a lot that, that's being talked about now with, you know, redistribution of wealth and these kinds of things, and, and people are calling for, let's, let's make it fair. And we know that the reality is, is in America, we don't want to talk fair. We want to talk more. That's just the reality when we're talking about, about prosperity. Now, you hear things like the prosperity gospel, the prosperity gospel. I, I personally do not ascribe to that uh, because there's just too many places in this world that that gospel wouldn't fit. And the real gospel fits everywhere. The real gospel fits everywhere, but you can't take that prosperity gospel to just everywhere in, in the world. And so when we're, when we're speaking of this and we're speaking about prosperity, let's go to the Word of God and, and let's, uh, let's, let's gauge prosperity. Gauge prosperity. We see this in 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So he was, he was really bringing it in, and he was, and his prayer for, for a Gaius and Gaius's business was that, that his health prosperity would match the prosperity of his soul. Now this, this would absolutely be wonderful 
if that was really what was happening in our lives because our focus would be on our soul and it's like our soul and it's like prosperity and where people get in so much trouble is where the gauges, where the prosperity gauge starts outpacing the soul gauge. I've seen it happen so many times. It's the soul that must be the leading factor. The soul must be the focus. And so this presentation is not about just getting more money, but it is about continuing to grow when we do. Continuing to grow when we do. We, we need to think about soul-based prosperity. Soul-based prosperity. Mark 8, 36 speaks to it strongly. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What would it profit? Now, when you talk about gaining the whole world, that would be quite a lifestyle change. I mean, for us to have all the riches of the world, for us, I mean, all the land, all the money, all the yachts, all the helicopters, all the vehicles, all the houses, all the mansions, all, all, that's, that's a lot. Fort Knox, all the banks, everything, us. But even at this it would not be worth losing our ever-living, never-dying soul. You can believe that billionaires that have gone into eternity lost, you can believe that one second, two seconds, they'd give it all. They'd give every bit of it. It would absolutely mean, mean nothing. I, I encourage, I do this every now and then, um, and, you know, I'm kind of weird like this, but, like, if there's a bonfire or there's a, there's a big, you know, a big fire or whatever, I'll get as close to it as I can to where it, you know, to where it's not comfortable. Like, I don't stay there long, but I just, I look deep in those coals and I, and I just remind myself that this is not where I want to go. Nothing is worth ending up there. Nothing at all. And so we must keep our, our soul as our first priority. It's, it's to remain our first priority. We, we literally cannot allow anything to distract from it. Nothing can distract. We cannot allow anything to distract from our soul. So let's speak about some enemies. Some enemies of, of growing in, in, you know, in pr- growing growth during pros- prosperity. Because there's many pitfalls. I'm just going to deal with three popular enemies that I see and that I have seen that have affected um, people in their life. I have, I have friends I have friends that were real close to God until they got money. 
I could put names. I'm not going to, but I mean, I could name names. I could tell stories right now of, of I'm talking, I'm talking people who had a heart for God. I'm talking about people who were blessed of God, that, that God put business things together, that God led them into ways and, and blessed them and gave them positions and all to, to use it for the furtherance of the kingdom. But that's, that's not what happened. And some of the stories of some of those people tonight are, I just shake my head whenever I, I think about wrecked lives, wrecked families, wrecked, just, just wrecked, just one individual that, that I saw that literally, I, I remember seeing the man stand, testify, cry, presence of God on him. That man is so vile today. Family gone, a wreck, the history. He's made millions of dollars and is a miserable wreck, a very vile man. It's like, how does, how does this happen? It's a failure to grow. It's, it's a failure to put, to, that that main gauge is the soul. It's the soul. And, and, and when... And when he said, I, I pray that you'll prosper and be in good health as your soul prospers. Let's, let's keep those gauges right. I think one of the enemies of growth during this is distraction. It's, it's big. It happens to us. And I believe that one of life's greatest distractions, please, please follow this, are the accessories or the thrills of prosperity. One of the biggest distractions. Here's how it works. Prosperity can increase something that becomes a real challenge to manage. It's, it's something that can cause serious distraction. You know, it's like if you're watching one of those magicians, you, you know, it's the hands quicker than the eye. They'll get you looking one way, and really the action's happening somewhere else. And distraction is just so, so very, very powerful. And it manifests itself in one key manner. And here's a key word about distraction, and that word is options. Options. Because options increase choices. I may have told this story before, uh, but let me repeat it because it, it fits. My friend pastors a church in Denmark. He was here. This church hosted him, Chris Brett. Um, Chris is, is just an incredible individual. He's an Australian. He married a Dane, and, and they were both attorneys, and, um, and they have four children, and now he is the president, presently, he's the president of a shipping company, um, a multi-billion dollar shipping company. And, and so he'll, you know, he flies to countries and, and they're digging out a church over in Denmark right now while, you know, I mean, they're some of the busiest people in the world that I know. Well, they were over here staying in the family apartment. He brought his two boys for a trip, and they needed a suitcase because he, he had bought a, a lot of things that they can't get over there, but they can get here, and so we needed to go to Walmart and get a suitcase. Well, we go into Walmart, 
and he, of course, he's he's real open with me. We're we're very close. He'll he'll say about anything to me that he's thinking. And we walk in. And he he just he just looked at Walmart right here on Forty Six. I guess it is. He he walked in. He and he went like this. He said, "Terry," he said, "You Americans." And I I said, "What?" He goes, "How do you deal with all of this?" And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" He said, "Look at the choices." And so we're, we we go back, we get to the suitcases, and, and you know, and there's like a whole, you know, a whole long. He said, "Man, in Denmark, and of course, I've been to the stores over there. I know what he's talking about." He said, "Like you got all these options." He said, "We'd have four. You know, he said, he said options, and and what happens is is that." It's not just that that we're seeing every day that we don't even think about, that we absolutely do not think about. But then it even, it even, goes, it even goes beyond that because then with prosperity, it increases options. I was talking to one of my friends that... Um, that he made a, he went over to the first, the first Gulf War. He, he was a, a reserve, a, a reserveman, and his wife was a school teacher. And he goes over there, and, and, he, and he, he, he gets $50,000. I think he brings back $50,000. I think somehow with, he was over there, and that's what he made. I, I don't know how it worked. Tax-free, $50,000. Well, he came back and he bought into a Popeye's chicken. And that's where it started with him. And I mean, I don't know how many Popeye's chickens this uh, Mike owns or owned. I, t- I don't even know what all he owns now. But at one point, whenever he was, he was wealthy and he has become much more wealthy than he was that day we were eating eating lunch. And I just, I looked at him, I said, Mike, I said, I've got just one concern, man, just one concern. And he said, what's that? I said, you're into a level now where there's one word that can wreck you if you're not careful. He said, what is it? I said, options. I said, man, you got, you got the money now. If, if you and Melissa wanted to go to Chicago tonight for supper, you could charter a plane and fly up there. I mean, it's like options, options. And you say, well, you know, you're, you're really talking about a lot of things here that we're not dealing with. Okay, well, let's talk about what we are dealing with. Golf clubs. Right? Fishing equipment. You say, now, now you're going to meddling. Won't you keep talking about airplanes and flying to whatever? No, no. Hunting equipment and, and shopping and internet games and media of all sorts and sports, playing sports and watching sports and, and hobbies and this hobby and that hobby and, and the big option that, if we, that most of us have, probably all of us or 99.9%. 99%. The internet. You're talking about a distraction. I heard one preacher at a conference, they, they asked him questions. They said, what, what is your biggest 
obstacle to preparing messages. And he didn't even, I mean, he said the internet. He said, because I'll get to studying, you know, I want to research this word. He said, and then before I know it, I'm, you know, I'm checking, I'm checking the news. I'm, I'm checking whatever. It's options, options. We have, we have, it's literally distraction by option and it is a major enemy. Let's consider another enemy of growth through prosperity, and that is excess and ease. Excess and ease. I've mentioned this a few times here, but it fits so well in, in this lesson, Luke twelve fifteen through 21. And he said unto them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things which he possesseth. We need a revelation of that. We, our, our church, our worldwide church needs a revelation of that because it's, it's just things, it's things. It's literally, it's the curse of our day, is things. You say, my goodness, do you think we all just need to live in a shack with no electricity? No, I, I don't think that. But I, but I think we need to be very careful and, and keep our soul, number one, and growing in our soul. That should be what drives everything. Verse 16, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And, okay, fine, all right. Your bountiful crop, okay. Here's where it turned into danger. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods, excess, laid up for many years, Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Soul, soul, take thine ease. Excess and ease are enemies of the soul. And this is the reason why I say that materialism is limiting us. I, I don't know how many, uh, I don't know how many people I've, I've talked to. And man, you can just tell that it's about more. It's about more. It's about more, and then it's ease. I remember whenever I was youth pastor, and I was, you know, I would encourage the, you, you know, the people to do chores at home, and then when they got a little older, okay, now, you know, it's time to start working a job. You know, you're 16 years old, you're 15, whatever, and so I'm into all this, and one of the teenagers told me, he said, Pastor Terry, he said, man, I've got, I've got a great job, and I said, what? He said, he said I, I don't have to do anything. I said, whoa, whoa, you don't have a job. I said, man, you don't have a job. Now, you, you need to get another one. You, 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 can't, you, can't, get, you can't let that mentality get in your head that, 
that, man, I got a great job. I don't do anything. Now, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now, we're talking about your brain's going to die. You, you know, you, you, you're going to develop a value here that is going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Excess and ease. Excess and ease. I've seen a few sad cases of men who, uh, who really had a heart for God, but, but what, what they got changed them. Let's talk about one more enemy. My goodness, it's 712. I got to speed up here. I'm talking too slow. One more enemy. Cares of life. Cares of life. Mark 4, 18 and 19. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world. This scripture is loaded. Verse 19 is loaded. The cares of this world, and this is so key, the deceitfulness of riches. The deceitfulness and the lust of other things entering in choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Luke 12, 22, 23, and he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. For what ye shall eat, neither for the body what ye shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment or clothes. Listen, if we could just eliminate in our life the stress that we put ourselves through over what we're going to wear. If we could just eliminate that. I mean, people... There are people that won't even come to this church because they're close. There are people that arrive here on Sunday morning for worship that it takes, I mean, we have to blow past two songs before they even engage because they don't like how they look. I'm not lying to you. You know I'm telling the truth. It's, it's these things, and I've, I've told people forever, my goodness, you know, wash it and iron it and wear it. You know, if it's clean and, and it's ironed, go for it. And if, if you don't have an iron, we'll, we'll help you get one. I mean, you know, it's just like, can we, can, we get, can we get off of this stuff? Can we get off of this lower level Stuff and, and move, can we let some redemptive lift happen to us and we won't get trapped down in these, in these low, low levels? So let's move now to enhancers. We've talked about enemies. Uh, we've talked about growth. We've talked about prosperity. We've talked about enemies. So let's, let's get in here to what enhances growth through these times of, of our life. Because here's what I believe. I believe God wants to bless people in a major way. Don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong. I believe, that, I believe that there should be many multimillionaires in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. With the right spirit. With the right attitude. Because of, because of the mission. Hey, boy, this is a great illustration for this message. You see all these flags? Uh, Sunday, there's, there's going to be a missionary standing in his pulpit that uh, he's already been here before. You've, you've, already, you've already seen him. You know him. That man has vision. I was on a Zoom call with him today, and we were working on some global initiatives. And, and uh, Mark Schutz, he, he has, believe me, he has vision. Many countries, I mean, 
you know, the continent. He's, he's, he's got the vision. Well, what's holding us back? Has a whole lot to do with money. It has a whole lot to do with money for us being able to equip people, train people, and send people. And, and all that. So, so yes, yes, I'm, I believe that, that uh, God is wanting to trust some business-minded people who have the gift, the gift, the God-wiring, to understand business. I, I don't have the God-wiring to understand business like our pastor does. This man understands it in a major way. There are other people I could point out right here, and there's probably others here that I'm just not aware that you have that, that business mind. So th- this is not nearly about like, you know, okay, now everybody back off. It's not back off. It's let's get our priorities right, and, and let's, let's grow. Let, let's let our soul lead, and then when prosperity comes, we will know what to do with it. So I feel like one of the enhancers is purpose. We've, we've got to understand God's purpose for our lives. I love what Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. When you study out the expected end, you'll find that speaking of a hopeful future. Now, I know that, that in context, this is speaking of the nation of, of Jerusalem, but I believe we can gain from this principle regarding our own future because their, their peace was based on doing his will. Our peace is based on doing his will or his purpose. Now, if, if we can align our lives with that, I promise you, and this is just, uh, this would just be a brief, just three points right here. But we know, we, we know that he clearly said in his word, purpose. He clearly said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to destroy the works of the devil. He came to give abundant life. All right. We can't even imagine what could happen in our life if we would align our purpose into what his purpose was with our gifting, with our God gifting, with, with how we are wired. God wires his people with, with gifts to expand his kingdom. We ever line this up in our lives? To where it's like, I'll tell you what my purpose is. My purpose is, is to seek and to save that which is lost, to destroy the works of the devil, and to live abundantly. Well, there's another place in the Bible that, that, that talks about that life is not found in the abundance of things. But we can live abundantly knowing what to do with those things. Is this, is this making sense? It's a key. It's, it's a major key. So as we align with this, um, it allows us to grow through any season of, of our life or what gives us. If we do not know our purpose, we will never grow through prosperity. Never. Because prosperity plus lack of purpose equals loss. 
there are people that are very well off and very frustrated. And the reason why is, is they're not in tune with their purpose. When we align our purpose and our gifting in the kingdom, it's a new day. It's absolutely a new day. Will we be fought? Absolutely, until we breathe our last breath or the rapture takes place. You know, there is a reason why he said put on the whole armor of God, because we we're on a battleground, not a playground. I got all that. So the, this is not about, you can't make enough money to make everything go smooth in your life. There is no way, no way. But as we grow with a soul focus, then, then we can grow during this. Another enhancer is vision. Vision. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law happy is he. When you study out the people perish, that means the people cast off restraint. Here's a major issue with all this. So if we don't have a, if we don't have a vision, do you know what we will do? We'll cast off restraint. We perish. People want to throw at us, you know, oh, you're a bunch of legalists and, and you know, all this kinds of... All the, they, they don't understand the word. Listen, you let the flesh go, the flesh is not going to stop. You, we better put some restraints. Well, what's going to help us with the restraint is to be people of vision. Because if, if we are people of vision, we won't cast off restraint. And unrestraint kills many things. It definitely kills growth. And so vision is an enhancer. It's a key to, to growth. Law is also, because it's interesting that it says, it speaks in that verse about vision and law, and both of those are very powerful forces in our life. There's a lot of people that throw off on the law, throw off on the law. It's very interesting that when they threw that woman at Jesus' feet that had committed adultery, yes, he showed her grace, but isn't it interesting what he said to her? He, he, didn't, he didn't say, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to condemn you. He didn't leave it there. It wasn't just grace. It was go and sin no more. It was go and get back under that law. You know, no, Jesus didn't come to, to uh, do away with it. He came to fulfill it. And so we, we, have to, we have to understand this. And then here is a major enhancer, and uh, boy, this is the big one. This, this is the big one. Contentment. Oh, wow. Do we ever need a personal revelation of contentment? Philippians 4 and 11, Paul speaking, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, I have learned, please hear me, I'm, I'm landing the plane right now, we're seven minutes from the runway, I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content, listen, wrestle with this question. Inwardly for the next few days, please wrestle with this one. What will it take to make me content? Chew on that. Chew on it for days. If, if, we, could, if we could ever understand this, here's, here's, here's one that will really bring it in. 
how much is enough? Now, how much is enough? I, I, I tell you, if, if we could ever understand our purpose, get our life into the purpose of Jesus Christ, seeking to save the lost, destroy the works of the devil, live abundantly, and, and we could figure out contentment, then it would absolutely be amazing what, what God could pour in that we, could, that we could be a channel, a channel through, through which his blessings could flow. But when we're locked up on one word, more, 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 more. It's like a record, you know, the old record that would get stuck. For those of us that are old enough to remember records, just stuck, stuck, more, more, more. How much is enough? How much? How, I mean, how, how much? How much? How much? How much house? How much? How much car? How, how, mu- how much money? How much? How much? How, how much of this? How much of that? How much? How, if, if we could start wrestling that down in our mind, and I promise you, if we could become people that could answer that question. Oh, my. My, my. Let's deal with another one. It's very important. Just a couple of more. Five minutes to the, to the airport. Accountability. I'm talking about enhancers. I'm talking about growth enhancers. Proverbs 27, 17. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. There's much growth that comes from being intentionally connected for the cause of growth. I'm telling you, I have men in my life, pastors, one of them, we, we get into conversations and I can grow from conversations with him. I could get on the phone with my brother and who pastors a church in Conway, I can, I can grow with him. There are some pastors that consider me their pastor, but I promise you when I'm on the phone with them, it's not nearly about me just saying, okay, now listen to this. Now listen to this. We're, we're going back and forth. I, I'm going to keep myself in intentionally in a position to be connected to people that will help sharpen me and talk to me and challenge what I'm saying in a, you know, obviously in a nice way. I want to be challenged. But, but we've got to get into accountability if we're going to do that. James 5 and 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. We need people that we can be honest with. Now, when, you, when we start talking about confessing your faults, we're not talking about getting up in front of groups and just laying everything in your life out. That's, that's not what we're saying. You need to be very, very careful. But there definitely needs to be somebody in your world that you can be accountable to. You just, you, if you don't have people speaking back into your life, if you don't have people around you who can one-on-one look at you and say, oh, wow, did you really mean that? Did you really mean to say that? You know? Uh, I, I live with with uh, one who really helps me with that. Uh, I was I was 
teaching um, our young people one night, and, and I, it was time to really get serious about morals, and did I ever. And we got home, and she said, she's Terry, she said, that was rough. And I said, well, what was rough about it? And, and she said, ah, man, just, and she used, you know, one example I used and a couple things. She said, that, that came across tough. And I said, I said, that's, that's, and Kendra was just a, a little, little girl at that time. And she, she said, that, that was just rough. I said, I said no, no, Melanie, I, I don't. I, I don't think that that was rough. And she goes, okay, well, let me just ask you this. When Kendra's a teenager sitting out in those chairs, uh, would you want some man to say that? And I said, you just had a good point right right there. And so that was probably the last time I used that example. As a matter of fact, it was the last time I used that example. I uh, was in a conversation one time, and, and, uh, and we left and went home, and she said, boy, you dominated that one. And I was like, what? What, you know, what, what do you mean? She goes, Terry, they didn't even, they didn't even have a chance to talk. You, you, just, you, you just ran over them. Uh, okay, well, now I can get all mad about that. Or I can say, whoa, hang on here. Growth opportunity. You know, I got to stick a, you know, when I get into another conversation, bring a sock and shove it in my mouth or something. <laughs> but at least I wouldn't. And the last one is determination. Determination. Second Timothy 4 and 7. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. And so really, when it comes down to it, we will grow through prosperity just like we will grow through other seasons if we're determined to grow. I would challenge elders. Uh, many times I've looked at elders and I've said it here, you know, please don't die before you do. You, you know, keep growing. But I would say that to anybody. Don't, don't die before you do. Be determined to grow, and let's have, let's have a mindset to, to grow. Let's, let's be determined to grow, and, and then let's also open up our, our minds because God is going to prosper some people for the furtherance of the kingdom. But let's keep those gauges right. And, and let's, let's make sure that our prosperity does not get above, that gauge does not get above our, our soul gauge. Amen? Can we stand together right now? And I'd like, I'd like for us all just to have a word of prayer that the Word of God would, would continue to speak to us for the next couple of days. Father, we're so thankful for the opportunity to walk into this sanctuary and share your Word. And I pray that you will help us to gain a revelation of your word, what your scripture said, and let the power of your spirit help us adjust things in our lives. And God, I pray that you will uh, speak to us before Sunday as we come in uh, prepared to think about the world and the investment that we need to make into the world. Let us be led by your spirit in all of these ways. In Jesus' name we pray, and can the church say amen? Amen. amen. God bless you. Sunday's going to be big. It's going to be great. Get here, and God's, God's going to do some wonderful things.